We hope you will feel part of our community of knowledge and growth as you join us for our panel discussion on science and spirituality. Michelle Wingle and Jeff Olson will be guiding the conversation. Please welcome the following experts to our panel. Christy Holt is the founder of Vibonics, a certified coaching program using voice technology. She is a founder and owner of Nugent Magazine, has started over 10 companies, had six successful exits, and maintains ownership in several companies, including CBD manufacturing, finance, and a social impact company. In the emergency department of a large trauma center, Jeff O'Driscoll, MD, frequently communicated with spirits who hovered between this life and the next. He saw people leave their bodies at the time of death, and he experienced eternity with them. In his fascinating memoir, Not Yet, Dr. O'Driscoll describes his experiences that are both interesting and instructive. For those who wish to develop their spiritual gifts, this book is a must-read. Dr. Jeff exists to help people heal and connect people to their own spiritual gifts. Ingrid Honkala, PhD, became aware of other life dimensions from her near-death experience at the age of two and was gifted with the wise input of beings of light. This helped her face the challenges of growing up in her native Colombia and finding her destiny as a scientist and a giver of light. Her worldwide oceanographic surveys and her love for travel have brought her to 56 countries. She faced deadly war zones, underwater explorations, and spent time at a NASA research center. She learned any human experience can be illuminated from within. Hugh Vale is an entrepreneur, instructor, and executive. He is the creator of Mustang Medicine and founding partner of the Clapham Foundation. Hugh believes a return to virtue is necessary to elevate humankind, which is what he proves through Mustang Medicine. Please enjoy the conversation. All right, let's get this started. Science and spirituality, does it match up? Is it congruent with each other? Go, panel. My beautiful people. My spiritual ones and scientists. Yes, John. Uh, this is a question that I get asked a lot, being a physician for 25 years in the emergency department. People would ask me a lot if my spirituality somehow contradicted what I learned in medical school. And sometimes people ask me if uh, sci the scientific community was antagonistic toward uh, spirituality. But for me, it was never a conflict. I never, I never understood the conflict in people's mind because in medical school, I learned all about the physical body, how to take care of the physical body. And we didn't talk much about spiritual things, but they, uh, having a physical body we take care of doesn't mean that we don't have a spirit that we can take care of as well. And mm -hmm. uh, for me, the two are complementary. Uh, not mm -hmm. contradictory. Yeah. Yeah. So I, we talk about this all the time, every day, and we talk about alignment, right? Mm -hmm. And we talk about being whole. To me, the um, science is the study of the physical, mm -hmm. which is our, what we can see, touch, hear, feel, and smell. It's everything that we are thinking about. It's our thoughts. It's our body, mm -hmm. right? Where the spirituality is what we feel, it's the metaphysics, it's, mm -hmm. it's the mystic, it's what we can't see, touch, hear, feel, or smell. Or right? describe even sometimes. Or describe yeah. sometimes, it's the intuition, mm -hmm. it's the knowing, mm -hmm. right? And people talk about being in alignment, mm 
And they are contrast, in my opinion, absolutely contrast, because we are spiritual beings having a human experience. So when we're in alignment, it's our science mm -hmm. in alignment with the spirituality, and it becomes our human experience. Mm. So to me, it is yeah. alignment. And the awakening mm. is realizing that the spirituality is not outside of us, mm -hmm. that we are it. So therefore, it's that alignment. Mm -hmm. yeah. For me, it was the same thing at last, like with Jeff. People ask me, but you're a scientist. How can you be spiritual? But it was the same thing for me, that there was never been a difference. It's like the separation is in the mind. And as an, as an oceanographer, I had the opportunity to go to, like it was said in the video, 56 countries in the world and exchange science and spirituality. Because wherever I went, I realized if I am my authentic being, I'm already being spiritual. So what is the difference? I'm already being who I am. And when, when you open yourself to be who you are, people will come to you. And the conversations will happen. And the questions, and now people want to know more, and they feel safe with you, and they feel like, can we talk about this other subject? And then now you break that separation, and you become that that you are. And actually, as a scientist, it's when you align, like you said, and you start connecting with creativity. And like creating all these incredible projects and ideas, because you're not separated. You don't have that barrier. So aligning with the spirit actually accentuated the scientific and vice versa. Yeah. Yes, because now you don't stay at the level of the problem. Mm. Now you're not open to resolve. That's where we become the creators, mm -hmm. right? When we're in alignment, we utilize the physical and the spiritual to create the life we want. Mm -hmm. Do you guys have um, anything that you do to, to create that alignment? What processes do you have to use? Or is it just part of your everyday you're looking at me, but I feel like I keep talking. <laughs> um, daily practice is what changed my life. Um, and understanding what, how to be conscious of this alignment. Mm -hmm. And how to get beyond what was right in front of me. And see beyond and imagine and dream and what is possible. Mm -hmm. right? And get outside mm -hmm. of my senses, which is the science mm -hmm. and the contrast. Um, so for me, I started exploring like, what would that feel like Mm -hmm. And that's how I could get into the feeling and the emotion, the spirituality, and really dive into my intuition to guide me to create beyond what I could see. One of the, one of the things that uh, is important for me, too, is to remember that just because something's scientific doesn't mean it's not spiritual or vice versa. Right? Yes. Uh, yes. we, tend, we tend to think of things as spiritual when we don't understand them and scientific when we do. And uh, I'm also a historian, and there, one account that I read comes to mind. It was in the early 1800s or mid-1800s. Uh, a man drowned in the surf off the coast of Hawaii, and his lifeless body was drug ashore. And one of the people on the shore had this spiritual experience, had this impression to put his mouth on this deceased body and blow air into his lungs. It just had never been done. It never conceived of before. And they revived this dead person by giving him mouth-to-mouth -mouth resuscitation. And in that time era, that was a totally spiritual experience. He was moved upon by some spiritual force to do it. And now we think of it every day as a simple scientific thing. And I could list a half a dozen other examples of that as a, from a medical perspective of things, most notably perhaps childbirth, 
Um, uh, th things don't become non-spiritual just because we start to understand them as being physical as well. Mm, good point, good point. So given that context, and, and actually this is a fantastic panel, and I'm going to ask this question for Hugh, because I know what you do. <laughs> Will the world ever come to a place where spirituality and science find common ground? I mean, you've found it. But Hugh, tell us about some of your practices and your view of the world. Like, will the world ever find a place where spirituality and science join hand in hand and stand together? Yes. Um, and, and I would even, let me preface how I would answer that with going back to your question of what's the daily practice that uh, that I go through to get in that, uh, that alignment, right? Because we all know this. We, we live in this, this, this world of duality, right? And so in the little intro, uh, I, I don't remember exactly what it said, but it said something like, Hugh believes virtue is the answer or that we need to return to virtue or something like that. So, so if you look at the duality and you say, okay, well, what's the opposite of whatever it is that we're talking about? And so if you have virtue, that means you have to have vice, right? So that's an example. Um, if you have uh, pleasure, you have to have pain, right? And, and so if you have uh, despair, you have to have joy. And so you just start looking at life and you go, yep, we, that's duality. And so, so we live in that. And so then how do you harmonize that? Because if you don't have that, what you happen to have is a world that, that cannot harmonize. And so you have to have both influences, right? And so for me, you know, every morning I gotta wait, I've got wild Mustangs, um, the, the horses. And, um, and so I, like, I spend a lot of time barefoot shoveling horse poo. Right, and and so I, I do a lot of that, and I think that that help that helps me be aligned. But before that, I, I wake up every single morning, and at 5:30, I, and I started doing this quite some some time ago. I, I'm I'm not exactly sure when I got real diligent with it, but I get up at my alarm goes off at at 5:30, and then I study from 5:30 to 8:30, 9 o'clock every single morning. Um, there's a fantastic book that I'm reading right now that I think really addresses this. And if you haven't read the book, I totally recommend it. Um, it's called The Tao of Physics. T-A-O. Uh, uh, the Tao of, of Physics. And what it is, is it's, it's, it was actually written in the 1970s. And it's a blend of quantum physics with Eastern mysticism. And in a different definition of mysticism than what you were talking about, what they're trying to say is Eastern religion and Eastern's wholeness and their, that Eastern connection that they have, like in Tao, right? And, and how, does, uh, the, how is quantum science and quantum physics, how is that starting to uh, run these really strong parallels mm -hmm. between these two worlds and, and to balance it? And so... Anyways, uh, I've been uh, studying that, that quite a bit. And the thing that has helped me out is to connect with, uh, well, I've been, I've been reading that book. Um, I'm almost done with it, uh, Bury My Heart at Wounded Knee. Or, or is that what, it, Bury My Heart at Wounded Knee. And uh, 
there's a quote in there from Chief Joseph, and you know he was up in Oregon in in that that tribe area, and he he said, "Why?" Would, so they asked him the. Uh, government at the time, they sent a representative from Congress, and they said, "Hey, we want to, we want to build schools for your, for your tribes." And Chief Joseph says, "Well, I don't want your schools." And they said, "Well, you don't like education, right? You don't like science, you know." And and he's like, "I don't see anything that's that's, I don't like. You can't come in and give me the education when you're living this disconnected life, and I'm, and I and." I'm living in total connection with everything that's around me. I see this wholeness from from everything that's going on around me. And and so, yeah, I value like learning your alphabet and and learning where you believe a period and a comma should go. I sure that's that's great, but but it's the connectedness that that I don't think I'm going to get and my people are going to get within your schools. Mm-hmm. And and so I think being out in nature and being with uh, the horses for me always uh, aligns me because I start to see that I'm not the only one running around. I'm not the only one with problems. And and when you're connected into nature, you have to get into the science of what's happening in nature. And there's a tremendous amount of science that's out there that explains this. And then you start to say, wow, this is how we're scientifically connecting. And I think that that connection is the spirituality and the science marrying together. Yeah, you talked about the laboratory. Will you talk about that? Yeah, yeah. I see things as life itself, our daily life can be used as a laboratory to experiment. Who we are and how to find ourselves and how to relate with others. I always say, like I mentioned before, spirituality and even meditation is not a doing, Mm. it's a state of being. So when people take it as a chore, oh, I have the chore of of meditating 10 minutes, it's nothing. You're not doing anything in reality. (laughs) What if you are that? What if when you're in the line in the supermarket, what if you're in the bank, what if you're like, in that moment where you're desperate because it's not your turn yet, you stop and you breathe. Mm-hmm. And you become that. Mm-hmm. So at that moment, you're doing that little experiment. What if I do this? And it start changing not just what you are experimenting with yourself, but the people around yourself. The moment you turn and you smile to the other, you're like, oh. And now maybe a little conversation happened and, and the energy in the space start changing. So, yeah, we... And, and so much of it, too, is, be, is coming to an awareness of this process. Yes. Um, I was visiting one day uh, with a couple friends. In fact, you were there, you, and, and so were you. And we were talking about spirituality, and we were talking about spiritual gifts. And somebody asked about what spiritual gift would you most like to have. And, and one person described the... the they were referring to a biblical example and said, I want to be able to bring people back from the dead. I want to raise people from the dead. And I had never thought about it in my 25 years in the ER, as many times I'd done it, until that moment I'd never thought about it. It dawned on me, wait a minute, I've brought many people back from the dead. I grab the paddles, I charge them up, and I give them a shock, and people wake up from the dead and speak again. And See, a hundred or two hundred years ago, it never would have occurred to us that the heart consists of electrical activity and to reset the heart with an electrical shock. And now we just take it for granted, but it's a profoundly spiritual thing to think, 
we raise the dead all the time. We just don't think about it that way. Well, and even some of the things we've been working on lately is measuring, to your point, that our, our, we have a body force field, and this is believed in Eastern medicine. And if we begin to start to measure the energy that we are, and then start to connect, reconnect to the feeling. And we've been, I like to say, programmed to go from the thinking to the doing, the thinking to the doing, and then people are confused because they don't align with the spirituality of it. They don't align with the feeling of it. So what we study every day is, and, and have algorithms to prove, and study the energy force field, and connect to the emotion that then is connecting you to your belief system. Why is my result this? Because I feel this way, because I choose to follow that thought. So how your thoughts and your feelings are in alignment. And now that we can begin to start to test that, are we testing spirituality? Maybe. We're testing the feelings and emotions that are causing that alignment, and now we can give truth into something that hasn't really been able to be tangible and seen before. Yeah. Wow. I love that. I mean, I love that. I mean, even going back, Chief Joseph, which it's interesting, that wasn't his name. That's what we call him. His native name, when translated correctly, is thunder rolling over the mountain which had a significant secondary meeting, which simply was to tell the truth, to tell the truth straight. But, but for, for someone like that to say, it's my connectedness, it's my wholeness, it's my oneness that gives me power. And to realize in life that life's the experiment, life is the adventure. I mean, gosh, if I could live in the awe and wonder of a child of every day is a new day and a new experience. And then to even get into the, you know, the, the, the physical part of that in such a way where we begin to measure. You know, we begin to measure the spirituality of someone. I mean, what I'm hearing is that, gosh, these indigenous elders and shamans and, and, and gurus, which many people would say they talked all kinds of cranes, you know, crazy voodoo and savages and this and that and the other thing. Do you feel that we might someday say, wow, they got it. They got it, and we're now coming around to a place where we're beginning to connect and realize what they were talking about at a scientific level. I think it goes back to what you were saying, too. Sorry, you. Um, is it possible? When is it happening? It's now. It is, it, in my opinion, in my own being, in my own world around, it is now. Everyone is waking up going, wait a minute. We are connected, and what is connecting all of us is the spiritual, right? It's the feeling of connection. It's that we don't have to speak, and I can feel your energy. I can feel you. I can feel what that means. For thousands of years, unfortunately, we've been taught to not feel. In fact, our society today is to numb. What are we doing? That takes away our alignment of this life. And I, and I like that you t mention it's now. It's now, and for many years, for decades, I thought now was a cliche. When people say you can't change the past, you can't live in the future, you have to live in the now, and I thought that was really cliche. It sounded nice, but meant very little. And then one day, I, really, I realized you can only experience spirit in the now. That's the only time you can have these experiences is in the now. Yeah, another beautiful thing I experienced when I was I already had this big awakening and I was still working with all the scientific community and there was a moment where I asked a spirit, what should I do or say to these people because I wanted them to, to see what I was seeing, experience what I was experiencing. And the answer was, 
do or say nothing. The light of your awareness is all they need. And it's when my life really became that experiment and I started to go in the corridors and be that, mm. that presence. And I would smile and even the frowning ones would look and smile back and I'm like, it's working. <laughs> so, well, it's funny when you get to that state of being that alignment, people will come to you because yeah. they feel the authentic truth in who you are. Mm -hmm. They can feel that you value the life, the human experience. I keep doing this because this is what we talk about all day, right? <laughs> um, but that we value that human experience and we've connected it to the spirituality, that which we are, mm -hmm. and that we have become that and embodied that. Yeah, and wherever I went, I created projects that gathered people together. Yeah. Even groups that never got together, all oh, the, the physicists there and the biologists there, they came, yes, and we wrote books and we worked together and we made projects that were amazing. They call that, uh, in quantum physics, they call that yearnity. It's the law of yearnity. Um, also, back to what Jeff was, what Jeff was saying uh, about the, the elders and the wisdom of the elders. It's really interesting when you go back to the, uh, uh, to the Stoics, the, the Marcus Aurelius, and, and even prior, you know, much prior to him uh, in, in like Socrates and, Ar and Aristotle. The, the ancient Greeks, they had this uh, culture, particularly the Athenians. The Athenians were the ones that, that you know, uh, the, the founding fathers in America patterned after that, that democratic uh, rule and to create a republic, right, versus a democracy. And there's a big difference there. And so one of the things that you uh, look into with the Athenians uh, is that they had this, they had this, this word, I, I guess, uh, the way they defined it was mos maiorium. And uh, don't worry about spelling that because I don't know how to spell it either. And, and there's a lot of vowels in there. And so, <laughs> A's, I's, and, and, and U's. And so, but most maorium, what it meant was the, the wisdom of the elders. And so there were just, there was this way that you just couldn't write certain laws down because once you started to write the law down well then what you're doing is you're actually removing the nuance of the feeling that needed to be there to even make a wise choice in, in the first place mm -hmm. and so um there's a fantastic book i'll throw books out uh, all the time so if you're taking notes these are these are incredible books um there's a book called the storm before the storm there it's a, his, a historical book about this and this is where i learned about um most maorium and it was the abandonment of Mos Maorium that caused the downfall of the, the Athenians' republic. And, and so all that really meant was that they were stepping away from like the wisdom of what the chief Josephs of the world uh, had. And, and, and I'm like really jumping timelines when I put those all in one sentence. But, but you understand what we're, what we're saying here. And so um, we have to stick to the wisdom of the elders. And where are they getting their wisdom? Well, I think it's to your point where it's, they're getting these spiritual downloads to do CPR, when, when, you know, and, and, and to push these electrical shocks, you know, through people. Now we can just, I mean, we all carry fibrillators around in our cars, so, you know, so we want to raise the dead. I know we do that now. And so, um, but, but, you know, it, 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 they were just so connected. Um, and and that, connect, that connection creates the wholeness um, that's there. And so most Maorium is such a critical part of this. Can I comment on the raise the dead? Yeah. Um, science raises the dead. 
yeah. the electrical current, right? Spirituality raises the dead by waking up. The, the truth of the elders, if we're all connected and it is part of the whole, mm -hmm. the truth of the elders is within all of us. Mm -hmm. And if we listen to ourselves and if we start going into the spirituality of self in that alignment, we're literally raising the dead. Mm -hmm. We've been asleep. We've been dead men walking, really. Yeah. And if we can literally raise the dead, we are doing it today, all of us probably in this room mm -hmm. every day. And one of the unfortunate uh, uh, consequences of modern education is this notion that you go someplace to be taught yes. and that you learn from somebody else and that somebody else has the answers that you're looking for and you have to be a good student. Uh, and there's almost no discussion about sitting down by yourself, opening space, connecting, and realizing that the answers are within, and that you meditation. can get, yeah. <laughs> That's true meditation. And that right. somebody Connecting else to the you. source, yes. that we all are a piece of, right? That mm -hmm. the source is within. Right, I think it was, actually it may have been Chief Seattle or Chief Redcoat, but he was rebuttaling to um, religion. They said, we want to convert you to our way of beliefs. And it was interesting because the response was something in the effect of, I find spirituality in everything. Every tree has a soul, every rock is sacred, and you want to put me in a box and have me look at a painting of what is real and tell me that's God. Mm -hmm. You know, it was confusing to him. It was confusing in, in such a way where he was saying, I am connected. I do feel that all around me. I do feel that peace, that beauty, that love, that oneness, that wholeness by simply being barefoot, you know, yeah. out in the dirt. Well, and if you go to uh, what we were talking about with Chief Joseph, the number one uh, reason that he was so vocal about why he didn't want the schools is he said, because the schools teach us to build the churches. And so the congressional representative I said- I should say that like four more times. <laughs> yeah. And so the congressional representative said, um, you don't want churches? And he said, no, because the churches teach us to argue about the creator. <laughs> and that was how he saw it, right? And, and so now that's not to say that you don't need uh, constructs, and, and Jeff can articulate this, this really well, but, but amongst shoveling horse poo, I just got to go back. Like somehow I ended up on here, and, and, and I really just am good at shoveling that. And, and so, um, but... Uh, amongst that, what I love to, to, I just love to dive into words. And so here's, here's something that just helped me out a lot, I think, with, that's, that's related to this, is to understand the difference or, or the proper definition. Socrates said the beginning of wisdom, right, that's most maorium, is the wisdom of, of the elders. The beginning of wisdom is the definition of terms. So if you have a term, that's church, and then you have another term, religion, and then you define those the same way. Well, why are we using two different words? So they've got to have two different definitions. So what's mm -hmm. the proper definition? So the beginning of wisdom is the definition of terms. So church, what religion is, everyone has a religion. And so relig there's, there's just as many religions out there as there are people. And I'll give you some examples of a religion because all a religion is is the construct of what you believe, think, and act, and, and habitually go out and do. That's your religion. So 
you know, maybe CrossFit is what you habitually go out and do, right? Or Starbucks, right? Yeah. And so then if you have this way of, of, of being and, and then you go plug into it, and so yoga is a, is a religion. And, and so then all you need is a building to go meet with other people who believe in this religion, and we call that a church. And we could also call that like a yoga studio, right? Or a CrossFit gym. So there's all these CrossFit churches. It's or a really, corral. Or, or a corral. <laughs> yeah, it's my church for sure. And so, um, and so, so that, I think, helps to define uh, that we have our religions, and, and it's, the church is there to promulgate or propagate what the, re- the church is there to propagate and promulgate what the religion is about. So that's why you go to the CrossFit gym, because you're going to get your, what is it, the daily work clear? I don't have, I don't do CrossFit. I, I got enough stuff I got to pick up and, and, and move around. And so, you know, you got your, your wad, I think, the workout of the day. And, and so that's what the church is, is delivering to you. And so what, you know, Chief Joseph was just saying this, what these churches are doing, the way that they're promulgating these truths, I just don't see them as truths because they're not connecting all of us. They're, they're not showing us how to, to, to connect in, in wholeness and Anyways. What if you went to CrossFit and you just felt everything that was there and you experienced every drop of sweat, you know, and you experienced the muscle gaining, then you, you know, then, then you become a, yeah. it becomes a spiritual experience. Then you can turn it into the spirituality. Well, I, I had an experience and people will laugh at this. They'll think I'm joking. They did the night I said this at, at the, in your Mustang Corral. Uh, People at the end of the night were talking about what experiences they learned, and if if they were gonna, if the horse was gonna go back to creator, what would it say uh, I did for this person, right? And people laughed at me when I said this, but w- one of the best things that night was taking in the aroma of being back in a corral, because I grew up in a corral. I always had a horse when I was young, and it was a total experience to just be take be taken back to that place just by the aroma and the sounds of being there and experiencing all of it, not just the intellectual part of it. Yeah, I love, I love what you say because that's what I do. I practice presence in everything I'm doing, even when I'm doing the dishes. Yeah. It's just like oh, hearing the water, hearing the, the sound of the dishes, feeling the water in my hands. So once you're, you're there in that state of practicing what we call the now, the mm-hmm. present moment, then now you are in the state of who you are, what mm-hmm. we are present. Mm-hmm. To kind of take it to another idea about spirituality and science is choice. Mm-hmm. And for me, the more spirituality I understand, which every time I think I know, I learn I don't know more, right. <laughs> um, is to understand the choice. And anything that takes you out of choice, any belief that makes you feel like you have no choice, mm-hmm. it takes you out of spirituality, yeah. Yeah. right? And so, and what I think is cool is to understand the thoughts that we choose, the feelings that we choose, mm-hmm. and that is creating the essence of us. Mm-hmm. And so what, do we, what can we see, touch, hear, feel, and smell, and make it be our perception and make it our truth that we choose to believe over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. And that becomes our, our religion. <laughs> and that choice is so crucial. Um, I hang around in circles with a lot of people that have had out-of-body experiences, sometimes near-death experiences like Jeff and like Ingrid. And 
almost invariably when somebody is in that moment, in that total spiritual moment, often out of their body, uh, one of the things they experience is choice. They almost invariably come back and say they were given a choice, whether they wanted to stay there or come back or some other choice about how they interact with the, the, the difficulties in their life and the, and the importance of being able to choose. Well, and consciousness truly is knowing you have a choice mm-hmm. and that every single thing is a choice. And if we mm-hmm. understand that, we're making a choice whether we're conscious or, se- or mm-hmm. not, right? And the more awareness that we have in that choice gives us the result that we want. And that's what manifests, that's what mm-hmm. creates this science. So even connecting <clears throat> the thought and the emotion and in that alignment manifest everything you want, mm-hmm. well then how do I choose more of what I want? Mm-hmm. And then how do I align vibrationally with that? And I think that's another cool thing recently talking about vibration and energy because that's the measurement, that's the scientific measurement of our thoughts and our emotions. Mm -hmm. So now that we can measure thoughts and emotions, which is our spiritual essence, now we can really see how they combine and and understand that what we see is a manifestation of that alignment or misalignment. Mm. I mean, I love that. I've come to the conclusion of myself that there's only one cosmic law, and it's free will and choice. I mean, and even that journey you talk about from here to here is a choice. I mean, Mm -hmm. everything is a choice. And, and we could call it a religion. I suppose choice would be my religion or, or love would be my religion because I choose love. But I often say I've stepped away from religion and into spirituality. I mean, for me, religion is the philosophies of men mingled with some scripture and, you know, it becomes that. But to get into spirituality, when you talk about your truth, and yet even if you want to look at holy books, I mean, you know, a great master guru many, many years ago, 2,000 years ago, said the very things we're saying. Take no heed for tomorrow. You know, live in the now. Become as a little child. Live in that awe and wonder. You know, love your neighbor as you love yourself. I mean, all these simple, simple, plain truths, which to me is based in spirituality, is based in connectedness, is, is placed in that wholeness, which in reality we are, but it's that illusion, it's that delusion that teaches us that we're not, that we're separate and not connected. Well, and in that alignment is where we find love and where we find self-love. And I think that's a thing that gets confused today on selfish or self-love, right? And I think, not that that's what this panel's about, but to get in that alignment is to really feel the true essence of unconditional love, Mm -hmm. love without condition. And you cannot understand that without the alignment of our physical being, which is spirit, which is science Mm -hmm. and our spirituality, which is the, the connection to source, the connection to each other, the connection to everything around us. Mm -hmm. And without that, you can't truly experience unconditional love. Well, and, and so one of the things I love to study is the, the, well, there's a couple of things. There's the hug, Hagamadi Library, if you've read that, that's fantastic. Um, the Lost Books of the Bible, all the uh, Dead Sea Scrolls kind of stuff. I mean, I, I, I just totally love to get in, into this stuff. And, and you can really only read that if you've got this, this state of being and this presence, because you're reading some weird stuff in there, and you're like, <laughs> what? And, 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 you know, and then you're, when, you're, when you're present and, and you've got this radar, you, you fine-tune this radar, and you're like, that part's weird right and and then you're like that part's true and you can start to decipher or what they would call discern in, in the 
you know, in the spiritual terms. And so you start to discern these truths. Well, what's fantastic about re reading these, there's, there's a book um, that's not in the current canon of the King James version of, of the Bible, and it, it's called The Lost um, Gospel of Thomas, mm -hmm. Thomas being one of the disciples of that ascended master Jeff was referring to. And so Thomas, it, Thomas wrote the original, he like, sh I think he should get credit for starting Pinterest because, <laughs> <laughs> because his whole book, The Lost Gospel of Thomas, is just quotes from Jesus. That, 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 that's, that's all it is, just quotes. And he's like, this is what Jesus said today, right? Pin in this and, and pin in that. Yeah, and so he, was, he just has like the original Pinterest board for Jesus. And so, um, and, and one of them, and it's only like 96, they broke it down into verses, right? They didn't write in verses. They wrote longhand. We went and broke it down into verses. And I think like the 89th verse or something like that is, is this quote. And it, literally, they, they put in quotations of it. And the quote says, the kingdom is within you. And that's, mm -hmm. that's what Jesus said. Right, and so it's like, huh? That 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 becomes, yeah, very, very. It's 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 inside of you. And to going back to you know what they're talking about with uh, Dr. Jeff was talking about with the Mustangs, what what happens? The whole process of of training a wild horse is that if you you can break it down into to one real simple thing, all you're trying to do is is show him. Uh, His, his, you're just trying to show him that the, the kingdom is inside of him. The wild horse is totally hardwired to think that everything is going to kill him. So if you've ever been around horses, you see like plastic bags, right? You shake a bag or you've been on a horse and it like the stupidest little things, like just scare them and spook them around, right? And the reason that that happens is because the horse doesn't understand his own magnificence on the inside. So what we see is we see how magnificent he is on the outside, mm -hmm. right? And so that's what people love about Mustang medicine is that this becomes the metaphor of all of a sudden you realize at the end of Mustang medicine, you're like, holy crap. <laughs> I, I'm, I am way more magnificent than what I was thinking. Mm -hmm. and, and so uh, now I'm just on this thought of magnificence and, and I'm getting <laughs> emotional about it. And so. I, I think that in the end, life at every turn is pointing us within. Mm -hmm. Even when we're doing science, why, we, why, why do we ask questions? To resolve a problem. Because this is going to bring us to create new technology, to mm -hmm. evolve. What life is forcing us to do when we suffer, when we go through pain, when we go through the, the horror, when we go through challenge, is forcing us to ask questions. The moment we ask, we start seeking. And the moment we start seeking, we evolve. Yes. Mm -hmm. Because we're moving out of this space of just being tangled in what we are, and now we're like looking for something else. Mm -hmm. So life is in just everything we're doing. Nature is showing it to us, science is showing it to us, the daily life, the, the sickness, whatever is in our life, it's, it's pointing us to go back within. Mm -hmm. 
And I think to your point a little bit earlier was what's the daily practice, because I think we open up the magnificence of who we are, and then we get to come back to this reality of daily life. Yeah. Right? So we, in spirituality, we get to see the magnificence of the universe, of source, of our creator. And when you tap into that, it's mind-blowing. You can't even comprehend it. You can only, you were finding, you can even find words for it, right? Yeah. Because it feels that big. And then we have to come, we get to come into this human experience that feels a little bit limited. Yeah. And then how do we get past that human feeling and how do we apply this to our daily lives? And I think that's where we, for me, I can just speak for me and a lot of the people we work with, is to go within, start to feel again, mm -hmm. and then start to realize that your emotions are your inner guidance system. Mm -hmm. And your emotions are telling you that what you're thinking, you either accepted or rejected, and it became your thought that's now your belief, mm -hmm. right? So these beliefs that we operate on every day become our religion trying to connect all these dots, but... Well, and, yeah, I mean, it's perfect, and that's exactly what you were saying, right? Yeah. So you get into this being. And this is the, one of the most confusing things for quantum physicists, and, and one of my best friends, he's, he's just a dear dear friend of mine, he sits on our board um, of advisors in our, in our foundation, and uh, he's an incredible quantum physicist, and so I get to just go pick his brain on, on stuff. And one of the things that has been so challenging for quantum physicists is that... When they get, and I'm going to try to really dumb this down like cowboy language, right? And so this is very uh, complex stuff. And what's happening is when you have two particles that are colliding into each other, and the way it was described to me um, was like, imagine you have a pool table, right? You're just playing pool, right? And, and you can physics, physics can calculate with the math. If I hit the white ball over, you know, to the red ball, yeah. And then if I hit it at this angle with this much force, it's going to transfer. And there's all these laws in, in physics, right? And then that red ball is going to go over there at that direction. It's going to roll this far. Well, in quantum physics, when they run, when they run the particles are like the little pool ball, right? And so when, when, when one particle goes in and crashes into the other red particle, the red particle doesn't go Right. where that pool ball was going to go. It like shows up back there on the couch, yeah. right? And they're like, what? <laughs> and so here's what uh, scientists have started to, f to figure out. And they started to look at this. And these were the guys that were working on um, cold fusion. And they've still been working on cold fusion, right, this whole time. And so it, what they did is they tried to go into the, the cold fusion and say, okay, when, sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't work. And they were sitting at this cafe and the scientists were just looking at everything. This was quite recent. And they were looking at everything and they said, okay, the only thing we haven't thought of is belief. Yeah. Yeah. And they were like, okay, let's go back and look at all of our notes. And when, this, when we showed this, the cold fusion and it worked, let's look at the belief of all the scientists who were in the room. And then let's go look at the belief of all the scientists that were in the room when it didn't work. And what they always found out was that there was a scientist in the room when it didn't work that didn't believe that it would work. Mm. And so then what it, oh. what, <laughs> this is so exciting. you just have to wake up at 5.30 and read super nerdy books. And so, um, well, even, do you mind if I, if uh, water, yeah. so this is a recent study that we've been working on, um, based on bioengenetic water, right? I don't know if Dr. Moto, if you've ever seen yeah. the, 
just talking to water and how the particles take a beautiful shape mm -hmm. or if a, a fragmented shape based on the energy, the frequency of the voice, which obviously this is my world, so I talk about this a lot. It's got everyone talking, just kidding. Um, <laughs> but anyway, it will take on the shape of the energy that it's given. Well, we are 70% water, and so if the belief that has an energy is then mm -hmm. impacted into the energy that which we are, it will manifest. Mm -hmm. yeah, it's yeah. mind it's over matter. It's yeah. simple physics. Let's, let's it's geek simple out over physics. this. Well, I love this. It's, <laughs> the, it's science. It's the, it's, the, it's the choice. We go back to the choice. Yeah. And just sitting here, choice becomes an intelligence. When That's it moves good. out of yeah. you, it becomes an intelligence. It's right. the energy that we it. move from that brings back exactly that same energy. And yeah. we also have the belief that challenge should not happen when challenge is a gift, yeah. is the door to a wall. What, what do I do when I'm sitting in the couch and never move again? Okay, the couch potato and, some, and life will come and flood the house or yeah. do something and okay, anything that makes you move. Yeah. And that's, that's the beauty of it. I know we've got to wrap up the panel. The Wholeness Network picked you specifically because of your oneness and wholeness of science and spirituality. You've brought so many key things that we are the creators. Mm -hmm. And that's my science. I'm the creator of my existence. I'm the creator of my experience. And the entire universe supports me in that. But we love each and every one of you. Thank you for coming and joining us on the panel. Give our, uh, give our panel a huge hand. We, we could talk to them all day, right? We could talk to them all day long. But thank you. Thank you. Thank you.